As we look forward to an exciting Orioles season at the major league level, there's also going to be plenty of excitement at the minor league level. With all these prospect lists coming out, the O's have one of the best systems in baseball once again. So today, let's take a look at the Orioles' top 15 prospects and what the ceiling looks like for them, their best case scenario for each of them in 2023. That's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, February 10th, 2023. And welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to take a look at the upcoming seasons for some of the Orioles' top prospects. Their top 15 prospects, specifically according to the Fangraphs list. And we're going to go through each of these 15 guys, take a look at what the best-case scenario is for each of them in 2023, how high they could move through the minor league ranks, and how many of them could have a small or big impact at the major league level. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. So we'll jump right into it here, our ceiling predictions, best case scenario predictions for the Orioles' top 15 prospects. Now, I did this for the first time last year, actually about a week before minor league opening day in late March of last season. I did this with the Orioles' top 10 prospects. You can actually go back and check it out. March 31st of 2022, this episode was posted, where I went through the O's top 10 prospects on fan graphs and basically gave my predictions and best case scenarios for them in 2022. And of course, today, before recording this, I went back to listen to it because I was like, you know what? Be a, be a good chance to see how I did. And I was killing it on the back half of the prospect list. I mean, I was killing it. I was talking about Kyle Bradish being up in early May. When did he come up? Last week of April. I was talking about Jordan Westberg getting to AAA, being really good, but not quite making it to the big leagues. I was talking about Kyle Stowers having an impact at the major league level by the end of the season. I was hitting on everybody. And then it got to Gunnar Henderson. And I said, I don't think he gets to the big leagues. And I even said, even if he stays in double A the whole season, as long as he plays well, I'm fine with that. Well, Henderson, I think, outperformed that a little bit. And that takes us here to this year's list. Because despite the fact that Henderson did get to the big leagues, had a great month of September with the Orioles, he is still a prospect and is pretty much across the board ranked the number one prospect in baseball by all outlets except for the athletic so far this offseason. And that is where we begin with the Orioles' number one prospect on every list. It is Gunnar Henderson. Now, we're going to talk about the top 15 guys today. It'll be the top 15 from the Fangraphs list that is put together by Eric Longenhagen over at Fangraphs. He's just my favorite prospect analyst, and so that's why I go with that list. But let's start with number one, Gunnar Henderson, the 21-year-old shortstop who, of course, finished his season in the big leagues last year, called up on August 31st and was basically in the Orioles lineup every day down the stretch. They tried to get to the postseason and was hitting third for this Orioles team basically like two weeks into his big league tenure. Last year, 132 plate appearances in the big leagues, had a 126 WRC+, plus, hit four home runs, and of course dominated other levels as well, AA and AAA, specifically at AAA, just shy of 300 plate appearances last year, had a 137 WRC+, plus, 37% better than a league average AAA hitter, had 11 home runs, was just dominating, which is why he got 
called up. But this year, as we all know, he's going to be on the opening day roster and he's going to be hitting in the middle of the order, playing either third base or shortstop, maybe a little DH, pretty much every day for the Orioles. That's just kind of the baseline standard. Best case scenario for Gunnar Henderson is he is the American League Rookie of the Year in 2023. I think that's pretty easy to say. I mean, he is the betting favorite. He is the odds-on favorite right now to win that award. And I think best case scenario is he wins it going away this year. He has a great season where, you know, he's hitting 25 to 30 home runs. He's hitting for, you know, an average in the 280s. You know, he's on base over 400. He's slugging well over 500 on the season. He's hitting doubles. He's playing great defense between third base and shortstop, pretty much hitting, you know, third or fourth in the Orioles lineup every single day. And I mean, best case scenario, he's getting like some down ballot MVP votes like Adley Rutschman got this year. But really, he is your consensus AL Rookie of the Year. I mean, it's not just that it's possible. He's literally the favorite here in February. How exciting is that? I cannot wait to see Gunnar Henderson get back on a Major League Diamond. Number two on the Fangraphs list is Jackson Holiday. Now, most places did have Gunnar Henderson, or excuse me, Grayson Rodriguez at number two, but Jackson Holiday at number two on Fangraphs, the 19-year-old shortstop who the Orioles took number one overall in the 2022 draft out of high school, of course, the son of former big leaguer Matt Holiday, and he did end the season in low A Delmarva last year. Kind of surprised some people. You know, we saw him. He was 18 years old. We just thought, hey, the O's are going to send him to the FCL. He's going to play in Florida, nice warm weather, and call it a season. He was literally too good for the FCL. And after like a week and change, the O's said, we have to send him to Delmarva. He's just too good. It's not fair. So he goes to Delmarva. He has 57 plate appearances in low A to end the season. I mean, 15 walks to 10 strikeouts, a 130 WRC+. plus. He was too good for Delmarva. So for holiday season, best case scenario, he's getting to double A and he's putting up good stats in double A as a 19-year-old. I think that's pretty possible too. Now, I can't decide whether I think he's going to start the year in Delmarva or Aberdeen. He's certainly not starting in Bowie. He did get 57 plate appearances in Delmarva, and they were dominant, but he still is 19, so I could see him starting the year with the Shorebirds, and then by May, he is up in Aberdeen. And that's where I think he's going to spend the majority of his season, with the high-A Aberdeen Ironbirds. It's a tough ballpark to hit in. They're going to work on his swing there in Aberdeen. And I think by the end of the year, you know, the last month or two he's dominating, he's going to go up to double-A Bowie, have what is the biggest jump in minor league baseball, going from high-A to double-A, and he's really going to get tested, I think, for the first time. And we're going to learn a lot about Jackson Holiday at the end of this season, I think, in double-A. But to be honest with you, I think he's going to end the year in double-A Bowie. He's going to once again get a big league invite to spring training in 2024. And we're going to be looking at a guy who could get to the big leagues by the end of the 2024 season. My prediction is he's more of an opening day 2025 guy, but Gunnar Henderson was on basically this path. You know, in 2021, he starts in Delmarva. He gets up to double A by the end of the year. Then in 2022, he dominates double A, triple A, and gets to the bigs at the end of the year. Why couldn't Jackson Holiday, another teenage shortstop who was a top pick, do the exact same thing? I really think he could. And at this point in his prospect status, people are higher on Jackson Holiday than they were on Gunnar Henderson when he was 19 years old. So it's totally possible. But I think by the end of this year, we're seeing a good finish in double-A Bowie. Number three on the list is, of course, the right-hander Grayson Rodriguez, Orioles' first-round pick out of high school in 2018, the number two-ranked pitching prospect in all of baseball. And the 23-year-old, of course, should have been in the big leagues last year. He was dominating the first couple of months. He seemed to be on the verge of a call-up 
And then in June, an unfortunate injury, a lat injury. He misses three months. He comes back right at the end of the year to make a few minor league starts, but never gets to the bigs. So he did finish the year in AAA, 69 and two-thirds innings in AAA. I mean, just carving guys up. A 2.20 ERA, a 36% strikeout rate. League average is 22 to an 8% walk rate, which is right around league average as well. Just dominating everybody. Four-pitch mix. One of the best pitching prospects in baseball. And again, I think I believe and most of us believe he is going to be in the Orioles opening day starting rotation. He will make his major league debut probably in Texas in the second series of the season, and it'll be off from there. So best case scenario for Grayson Rodriguez is finishing second in AL Rookie of the Year voting behind his teammate Gunnar Henderson. I mean, that's what it could look like. It could be a situation like the Atlanta Braves had this year where they had Michael Harris win the award, and Spencer Strider, where their right-handed pitcher rookie, finished second in the award. That could totally happen with Henderson and Rodriguez. Now, I don't see Grayson throwing as many innings as Spencer Strider did last year. I think the O's are going to still have an innings limit on him. I mean, you know, he's thrown over 100 innings once, but he didn't go that far over it. So I still think he could be limited to something like 130 innings here in 2023. So that could limit how many votes he gets for AL Rookie of the Year. But even if he doesn't win the award and the innings limit keeps him down, you know, he could have around a three ERA at 130 innings. And I definitely think at the very least, he's going to spend the entire season in the Orioles rotation. Yeah, he might get some starts skipped. Yeah, he might get an extra day of rest or two just to keep the innings down. Yeah, he might have a phantom IL stint. You know, yeah, he might just get skipped twice at some point. But he's going to mostly consistently be in the O's rotation, and it's going to be fun to watch. Number four on this fan graphs list is Kobe Mayo, the 21-year-old third baseman who the Orioles took out of high school in the fourth round in 2020. And of course, Mayo ending the year at AA last year. Now, he probably should have had more AA time, but had a back injury, had some odd injuries that kept him off the field a couple of times last season. This year, most likely he's going to start the year at AA Bowie. With the Bay Sox last year, had 145 plate appearances, a 102 WRC plus, so he was just above league average. He did strike out a lot of 35% strikeout rate, and, and we know that's a big part of his game, the swing and miss, but he has the crazy power from the right side, does Kobe Mayo, with kind of an interesting swing, but it really, really works and generates power. Listen, best case scenario for Kobe Mayo is a September call-up this year. I mean, that's top scenario, and if I had to guess, I would say he ends the year with good numbers in AAA but doesn't get to the big leagues, but again... If he's really dominating, he could have a Gunnar Henderson type year like he had in 2022. People are really high on Kobe Mayo. I think if he can cut down on the strikeouts a little bit, he can show he can certainly play defense at third base. He could get to the big leagues. I think what's going to happen is he's going to spend about half of the year in double A putting up good stats. He's going to spend the second half of the year in triple A Norfolk really working on the defense a little bit more, really working on just cutting down the swing and miss a bit, getting himself healthy. And I think he'll be back in big league spring training in 2024 with a chance to make the opening day roster. Now, best case scenario, I think, is the September call up. I'd say the prediction is he ends with really good stats and is knocking on the door at triple A Norfolk. Number five on the list is D.L. Hall, the 24-year-old lefty who the O's took in the first round out of high school in 2017. Of course, Hall is the other guy on this list who has already made it to the big leagues. Hall was called up uh, at the end of the year last year in August, made one start, his major league debut in Tampa, gets sent back down. They work him as a reliever in Norfolk, call him up in September, pitches the entire month of September out of the Oriole bullpen. And the stuff was nasty. 
You know, he ended up throwing 13 and two-thirds big league innings, had a 5.93 ERA, but the FIP was much lower. He had a really good finish to the year out of the bullpen, got that awesome save in Yankee Stadium the final week of the year. The power fastball from the left side with the devastating changeup and the slider. And again, the AAA stats were... They were what they were, 76 and two-thirds innings, a 4.70 ERA, FIP was lower, but 36% strikeout rate is elite, 14% walk rate, yeah, it's a little concerning, it's almost double the league average in Major League Baseball, but, you know, he's already pitched in the big leagues, and I know there's a little chatter and some worry that, you know, if the Orioles really do see him as a starter moving forward, but he does not make one of the five or maybe six spots in the starting rotation out of camp, that the O's might send him back to AAA to work as a starter in Norfolk for a month or two and then call him up. I still think he has a really good chance to be a starter moving forward. I just don't see the O's putting him back in AAA. I think he's going to be in a bullpen role on the opening day roster to start the season. I think he'll get some starts. He'll be a follower some. You know, he'll pitch like two or three innings at a time out of the bullpen. I think they'll use him in different roles. And as I talked about earlier this week on the podcast and mailbag episode, I could see him working in a bunch of different roles this year and then maybe settling in as a starter in 2024 with the Orioles, kind of stepping into that role in spring training next year. But the best case scenario for D.L. Hall is he just pitches so well that he earns a rotation spot by midseason and just rides out the rest of the year in the Orioles rotation, putting up really good numbers. I think that's certainly a possibility. It's not my total prediction, but in terms of ceiling, that could certainly happen for D.L. Hall. But we've got 10 more of these top 15 prospects to get to. Coming up next, we'll talk about if Joey Ortiz can get to the big leagues, if Heston Kerstad can finally get healthy, and where we see a guy like Jordan Westberg getting to the bigs at some point this season. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And we are so excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because of the number one sportsbook in America. Yes, it's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't win. And FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. And right now, maybe it's playing a little safe, but give me Eagles money line. I'm taking the Eagles in the Super Bowl this weekend. And the best part about FanDuel, it's the app. The FanDuel Sportsbook app, it's safe, it's secure, and it's so easy to use. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. I go on the app, all the lines, all the odds, they're right there in front of me. Make my bets, put a couple parlays in. It's, it's, it's almost too easy. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So we're taking a look at the Orioles' top 15 prospects, according to FanGraphs, and predictions on what their ceiling looks like, how they will finish the 2023 season. We go to number six on the list here, and it is the 24-year-old shortstop, Joey Ortiz, who, of course, finished the year in AAA Norfolk in 2022. Now, Ortiz had a big offseason. He's been put in pretty much every single top 100 prospect list, and the Orioles added him to the 40-man roster in November to protect him from the Rule 5 draft because they see him being being a big leaguer, I think, at some point. This year. Now, in double A last year, you know, almost 500 plate appearances, 15 homers, a 115 WRC plus. And then he went to triple A 
and he just raked. I mean, that second half of the season in total was amazing. But in those 115 plate appearances in Norfolk, a 346 average, a 154 WRC plus. I mean, the glove is gold glove caliber. It's shortstop for Joey Ortiz. Can play some second and some third if you need him to as well. Just a really good prospect. Now, is he better than Jorge Mateo? I think that is the big question for Joey Ortiz in 2023. Because if the Orioles think he is right now, his ceiling is... He is the starting Major League shortstop for the Orioles for a good chunk of the second half of this season. And if the O's don't think he's quite ready to be better than Joey Ortiz, I still think he's going to get to the big leagues this year, especially because he was already added to the 40-man. But I don't know if he can carve out that starting role quite yet if the O's still see Mateo as more valuable than Ortiz. I think he's pretty obviously unless he's traded away, going to get to the big leagues at some point this year. I don't think, you know, it won't be on opening day. The O's will want him to get more AAA plate appearances. I mean, he only got 115 of them. That's not too many. That's pretty much everybody else the O's have brought up has gotten well more than that in terms of plate appearances in AAA Norfolk. So he's going to spend a few months with the Tides before the Orioles even really consider calling him up. But I think he'll get there at some point this year. It's just if he keeps performing offensively like this, He's going to be called up and be the starter. If his offense slumps back a little to where it had been you know, before the second half of last year with the O's in the minor leagues, then I still think he'll get called up, but there'll be more of a conversation about how he's playing and also how Mateo's playing as well could, could really factor in here for Joey Ortiz. Number seven on the list is the outfielder Heston Kerstad, the 24-year-old. Well, he's technically 23 as I record, but he'll be 24 on Super Bowl Sunday course it's just been so tough for him to get on the field second overall pick in 2020 has myocarditis has covid then has you know the lower body injury last year that keeps him out for three months he finally gets into games last season goes to low a delmarva dominates goes to high a aberdeen not the same you know it's a tough place to hit but 186 plate appearances in aberdeen for him just a 233 average, just three homers, an 86 WRC plus. He wasn't amazing. He did then go to the Arizona Fall League and, and, and just dominated that league. Now, the pitching, according to a lot of prospect analysts, was, was way, way down, even more so than usual in the AFL this year. But he still really did dominate and put himself back on these radars. And that's why he's kind of back in people's top tens. For Kerstad... I know he gave some quotes last week at the caravan that, that he thinks he can get to the big leagues this year. I don't see it in the cards. I, I think it's because he, he still hasn't played a game at double A. You know, he got a good amount of time at high A. I do think he's going to start the year in double A Bowie this year, but I think the O's are going to give him a lot of plate appearances in Bowie. And to be honest with you, I think at the very least, he'll spend the first half of the year in Bowie, probably most of the year. I think he'll get to triple A Norfolk before the season ends. And I think if he puts some good stats up, he could be a potential opening day candidate for 2024, but I just don't think without the double-A time at all, and with the fact that the Orioles like to have guys master each level, I think they're just going to still want to play a little slow with him. Get him you know, a good chunk of the year at double-A, get him to triple-A. He may even start the year at triple-A next year, and I think 2024 is more the big league year for Heston Kerstad. I still expect big things out of him moving forward. I just don't know if this is the year he gets to the big leagues. Number eight on the list is the left-handed pitcher Cade Povich, the 22-year-old who will be 23 in April. Orioles acquired him from the Twins in the Jorge Lopez trade, along with three other pitchers at the trade deadline in 2022. And he was kind of the, the big riser in the Orioles system in all of these prospect lists over the last couple of weeks, coming in at top 100 in a couple lists, comes in the top 10 here 
on Fangraphs. And, you know, a guy who came over to the Orioles, he was in high A with Minnesota. He was having an okay season, about 80 innings, a 4.4 ERA. Comes to double A with the Orioles, and it was an up and down, you know, handful of starts. He throws 23 in the third innings with Bowie. Yet he has 6.94 ERA, with the FIP was a lot lower, and his 25% K rate was good. His 11% walk rate was a little concerning, but the, the fastball velocity was going up. The command was looking better and better on his pitches. We just kind of have to see. And I know that, you know, Kylie McDaniel of ESPN put Povich in his top 60, said he could see him in the big leagues by the end of this year. I don't see that happening. Now, Povich is pretty much 100%, I think, going to start the year in double-A buoy in the starting rotation. He's going to get every chance to start there for a couple months. And then the Orioles, I think, will call him up most certainly to triple-A Norfolk at some point this year. Now, if he's really dominating Norfolk, yeah, he could be in the big leagues by the end of this year. But I think this is going to be more of a... He goes to Norfolk, he maybe you know has some bumps in the road, struggles a bit, then kind of brings it on the final month of the season, and we start thinking, okay, can he make the opening day rotation in 2024? Yeah, is there an outside chance for him getting to the bigs this year? Yeah. I just think, you know, he's he's 23 in April, you know, so it'll be his age 23 season. Something he's got time to develop, hasn't thrown a lot of double A innings. So I think double and triple A for Cade Povich this year. Number nine on the list is Jordan Westberg, the infielder who will turn 24 uh, in mid-February of this year. And again, the Orioles minor league player of the year last year had an amazing year last season, mostly in AAA where he was really, really good. Over 400 plate appearances with the Tides, hit 273, a 129 WRC+, plus, had 18 home runs in AAA this season. And I think over the last two months of the year had people kind of calling for him to be called up to the big leagues. It did not happen. Of course, Westberg, who was drafted out of college in 2020, was not yet Rule 5 eligible yet. So although Joey Ortiz is on the 40-man, Westberg is not. So that might mean that Ortiz has a, a straighter path to getting to the big leagues early this season. But on the flip side, you know, Westberg has 300 more AAA plate appearances than Ortiz does. And it's really going to be a back and forth, I feel like, between Westberg and Ortiz with kind of Norby in there as well, a little bit, but maybe a tick below about who can get to the big leagues first. Who will be called up if, you know, Ramon Arias gets injured? Who will be called up if Taron Bavar is really struggling? Who will be called up if Jorge Mateo, despite the, the defense and the speed, just, just can't hit the first couple months of the year? And it's going to be a battle between Ortiz and Westberg, and it really could be who's performing better in AAA. I do think yeah, Westberg, if there's an injury in spring training, I think he has a chance to be on the opening day roster. But I think, better than not, he'll probably start the year as kind of the number two or three hitter in AAA Norfolk. He'll get a couple more months in AAA. And I think, best case scenario, he's an MLB regular by the All-Star break for the Orioles this year. I think he can come up at some point and earn a role by then, whether he takes it away from, from Adam Frazier, Jorge Mateo, or Ramon Arias. It could be any of them. But I do think, you know, he lacks a little versatility. He's not amazing defensively, can't play the outfield, although he can play second, short, and third if you need him to, which is good. So I think the O's may have him working on his defense, like they've talked about with other prospects in the past. He'll get to the big leagues this year. He'll make an impact. He could be there by the All-Star break, but it'll be interesting to see how early that call-up could come. And number 10 on the list, I just mentioned him, that is Connor Norby, the 22-year-old infielder. Orioles took him in the second round of the 2021 draft, and it's been a straight shot up the system for Connor Norby. He was in double-A last year, 300 plate appearances, 298 average, 17 homers, just dominating. He goes to triple-A at the end of the year, 
42 plate appearances in AAA, hits 359, hits four home runs in just a handful of weeks for the Norfolk Tides at the end of the season. It was just crazy to see Norby do that. He's still 22 years old. There's no chance he's on the opening day roster. He's he's going to be the opening day starting second baseman for the Norfolk Tides. Again, only 42 plate appearances in AAA. The O's are going to want him to be in AAA for multiple months. But we get past the All-Star break. We get kind of into August, you know, at, at some point this year for the Orioles. And he's, you know, he's not going to be hitting 359, but he's still hitting really, really well in Norfolk. You're looking at a legitimate September call-up spot for Connor Norby. I mean, you know, pushing just about 23 years old and getting the September call up. Because listen, there's questions about the defense. He might have to move out to left field. He's an okay second baseman. He's he's okay in left field as well. He's played there a little bit. He's learning the position. But if he can get some more left field under his belt and get to at least league average defensively at second base and that bat stays there, he's going to be in the big leagues at some point this year. I have no doubts about it. Now, I don't know what kind of impact he could make. And if the defense is lagging behind, he's going to stay in AAA maybe all year. But if he can get it together on that side, he's just going to hit. And that bat's going to carry him to the big leagues. We got five more players, though, to get to here on this episode, 11 through 15 on the prospect list. Can Colton Kowser get to the big leagues this year? How high can Judd Fabian rise? And what do you know about Frederick Ben Cosme and uh, him bursting onto the scene as an Orioles prospect? But first... This episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, well, you got to try a Built Bar because they're so good for those New Year's resolutions. You just want to eat a little bit better, eat a little bit healthier. The great thing about a Built Bar is it's actually healthy. You know, these, these protein bars, they have 17 grams of protein. It's just 130 calories. It's only 4 grams of sugar. But here's the thing. They literally taste like candy bars covered in 100% real chocolate, Unbelievable flavors, churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, best tasting protein bar out there. Full stop. They're amazing. But here's the the, the best new thing about Built Bar is you used to have to go to Built.com, order them, wait for them to come to your house. You can still do that, but now they're in Walmart. Now they're in Sam's Club. So you can go to either of those places, get your hands on some Built Bars just like that right away, get a delicious and nutritious treat. Amazing. Amazing. Built Bars. So we're taking a look at these Orioles prospects, the top 15 according to fan graphs and what the best case scenario for each of these guys is in 2023. And we're going to finish it off with numbers 11 through 15 on the prospect list. And we'll start with Dylan Beavers, the 21-year-old left-handed hitting outfielder who the Orioles took pretty early. I mean, he was their second pick in the 2022 draft right behind Jackson Holiday. took him out of Cal. Listen, for Dylan Beavers, it's a really interesting profile. He's got kind of a wacky swing from the left side. The Orioles are still working on it. But when he hits the ball, he hits the ball crazy hard. And he is a super projectable body, really athletic, really good outfielder with, you know, these really great numbers despite the awkward swing. He went to Delmarva after the draft. He hit 359 in 77 plate appearances. And the Orioles said, all right, that's enough of that. Let's send him to high A Aberdeen. Now. It was right at the end of the season. He played in the playoffs with Aberdeen. He went four for 14. He had 16 plate appearances. I mean, it wasn't a lot, but for a guy to get drafted and end the year in high A, that's pretty good from Dylan Beavers. And and you look at the trajectory he could be on. Again, he's 21 years old. And I think one thing the Orioles will really want to do is be able to work on his swing throughout this year. But no doubt he's starting the year with the Aberdeen Ironbirds in high A. 
And if he's putting up good numbers through a few months, I mean, he's an advanced hitter already, and they have the swing where they want. They're going to want him to be in Bowie fairly quickly because he's going to get to work with, you know, even better coaches potentially when he gets to Bowie. And they continue to work on that swing, and then they can work on the swing while he's facing much better pitching at the AA level. And listen, if that goes well too, I wouldn't rule out, you know, a late, Triple A call up for those final two weeks of the Triple A season. I wouldn't rule it out. My prediction is good couple of months in high A, a strong second half of the season in double A, and really gets on people's radars at the end of the season. But don't rule out a nice little trip to Triple A at the end of the year. Number 12 on the fan graphs list. Of course, he's much lower here than he is on other lists, but that is Colton Kowser, 22-year-old left-handed hitting outfielder. Will turn 23 in March. Of course, the Orioles took him fifth overall in the draft at a Sam Houston State in 2021. And he did finish the year at AAA last year. I mean, put up just some absurd numbers in AA. Just over 200 plate appearances, a 184 WRC+. It was kind of insane. Then he went to AAA. Stats were still good, but not where you want him. 124 plate appearances, still hit for power. Still at a 106 WRC+, plus, but hit just 219, had a 31% strikeout rate. People are a little concerned about the K rate. You know, can he really stick in center field? But he's got more swing and miss than I think anybody thought coming out of the draft. Now, he still did get to AAA, still got over 100 plate appearances there. Now, Kowser, he's not an opening day roster guy. He's going to start the year, probably as the Norfolk Tides starting center fielder on opening day. And I think the O's are going to let him spend a lot of time in AAA. To be quite honest with you, I do think Colton Kowser is going to play in the big leagues for the Orioles in 2023. But I'm cooling a little bit on how much and how big a role he's going to play. Because obviously the O's still have Cedric Mullins. And with Hayes, Santander, and Stowers, and even McKenna on this roster, and you you got outfielders coming up behind him, Kowser's going to get there this year. But it may be a little later than I initially thought. I mean, I would have initially said, yeah, Kowser's in the big leagues by maybe June. Now I'm thinking more realistically, maybe he's in the big leagues in like August. And best case scenario, he's up by June or July and he's playing a a nice role for the Orioles. Maybe he takes over for for Austin Hayes in that outfield and is really a difference maker. But I think he's going to get a good amount of time in AAA to continue to rack up at-bats. He's going to be in the big leagues at some point this year, but it could be a little later than we initially expected. Number 13 on the list is Judd Fabian. Orioles got him in this year's draft out of Florida. 22-year-old right-handed hitting outfielder. And much like Dylan Beavers, he was drafted in 2022 and got to high A by the end of the season. 52 plate appearances in Delmarva, hit 386. He had a 243 WRC plus with the Shorebirds. He literally had to get called up. They did it. He gets 30 plate appearances at the end of the year with Aberdeen. Hit only 167, just like Beavers. He was kind of with them for that playoff run. So, you know, he got his first taste of a little better pitching. Again, he's going to start the year in high A Aberdeen. He's going to get a good amount of at-bats there. But he's going to go to double A, Judd Fabian is, just like Dylan Beavers. But while I said Beavers, you know, don't be surprised if he maybe gets that little cup of coffee in AAA at the end of the year, I am going to go out there and say this is my full prediction that Judd Fabian finishes the year in AAA Norfolk. Now, it could be a case where he plays most of the year in AA when the AA season ends, and there's still two or three weeks left of the AAA season. He then gets called up for those final two to three weeks. But I'm going to pretty much guarantee that if he stays healthy all year, 
Judd Fabian, I think, is going to shoot up this system. He's going to be in AAA by the end of the year, and we're going to be talking big leagues in 2024 for Judd Fabian. I am really excited about this guy. The O's love him. That's why they drafted him back-to-back years. Finally, or, or tried to draft him, I should say, back-to-back years. Finally get him this year. An exciting prospect. Number 14 on the list is Samuel Basayo, the 18-year-old left-handed hitting sweet swing and catcher who the Orioles got in the international class going back to 2021. He spent the entire 2022 season in the Florida Complex League in rookie ball. In 180 played appearances, he slashed 278, 350, 424 with six homers. That's a 116 WRC+. plus. Pretty good for a teenager. And Samuel Basayo, who has crazy power from the left side. There's still questions about how he'll stick defensively as a catcher moving forward. Will he have to move out to first base before he gets to the big leagues? Obviously, he's you know well away from the big leagues. But what I will say is he's probably going to start the season at 18 at full season ball. I think he's going to start the year in Delmarva, play a good chunk of the year with the Shorebirds. They have a great support staff for all of their international prospects with a lot of Spanish speaking coaches as well. I think he'll spend a lot of the year in Delmarva. And then I think he'll get a late call up to high A Aberdeen. They'll get his feet wet for about a month in high A baseball. And we'll start looking at Samuel Basayo as a lock-in top 10 prospect who's going to be in double A in 2024. And we can really start to think about what he'll be as a big leaguer. And the final guy on here is Frederick Bencosme. Frederick Bencosme. You, you may not have heard of him. 20-year-old infielder. 2020 international class. And just kind of came, not fully out of nowhere, but kind of out of nowhere to just put up crazy stats last year. He went to low A Delmarva. 250 plate appearances. A 336 average a 138 WRC plus with the Shorebirds. He gets called up to Aberdeen now, struggled there, 41 plate appearances, 154 average to end the year with the Ironbirds, but pretty much all these guys I've talked about who got the late call up to Aberdeen did struggle there. It's a tough hitter's park. It's a jump from low A to high A. But look out for Frederick Bencosme because he's going to start the year in Aberdeen. I think he could play a chunk of this season in double A buoy and make a difference. I don't know what kind of difference that's going to be, how well he's going to hit, but he's going to be in double A at some point this season. And I think he could be a fun big leaguer for the Orioles a couple years down the line. He's got a lot of confidence he plays with on the field. You know, he's he's kind of a different hitter. He's not a huge power hitter, but he hits for average. He can run. He can play some defense. You know, the guys over at BSL on the Verge, they love this guy. You can see him in double A this year and start to really get a good prospect look at him. But that's a look at the Orioles' top 15 prospects, my predictions on where they could end up. Make sure to listen to this a year from now and tell me why I was wrong. But I hit on a good amount from 2022. You can go back to listen to that episode and think I'm going to hit on some here in 2023 as well. But that'll do it for this week on the pod. We will be back on Monday. And next week, we return with the daily episode. Starting on Monday, we are back to five episodes per week, Monday through Friday each day. There'll be a brand new episode of Locked on Orioles, whether you get them on audio, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify or to be there, or make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked on Orioles podcast page on YouTube as well, where we'll have episodes five days a week as well. We'll open up the mailbag again next week. We'll talk about the Orioles players that are going to the World Baseball Classic as those rosters were announced on Thursday. Orioles also announced their minor league coaching staffs on Thursday. We'll get into those next week. And, of course, next Wednesday, pitchers and catchers report. Spring training basically begins. We'll have all the updates from that as well. Coming up next week on the pod, 
starting when I return on Monday. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.